What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Out Moments Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me on this panel, we've got the usual suspects here. We've got Callum Wiggins. What's up, everybody? What's down? Uh, my feet. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. You're very grounded. Mm. <laughs> so I can't eat stuff. What, uh, what's <laughs> left and right, Robert DeFelice? Uh... Two wrongs don't make a right. The three rights make a left. I don't know. Mm, something about diagonals. I don't know. <laughs> so, we're not doing anything direction-based. Uh, that's not what's happening to here. We are going to be doing a brand new segment called Mount Rushmore. And if you have, I don't know, lived in the United States or paid any attention to the United States, you know what the hell Mount Rushmore is. But you might not know what the context of this in the podcast is. Uh this is an idea that I've had for a long time based off of something that I didn't create. It's not like some brand new concept that uh, I thought of in like 2014 or something like that. This has been uh, years and years and years and years. People have done stuff like this. So it's kind of self-explanatory. It's Mount Rushmore, for those who don't know, is a monument in the United States. It has four of the most influential, supposedly, presidents that have ever headed the United States. And it's just a yeah. giant fucking heads sitting on top of a big ass rock <laughs> but a lot of people have taken that as a means to take other things and go well what's the mount rushmore of blah 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 so i had wanted to do this for both smart cat moment and fanboys anonymous and eventually it's going to happen at some point but just to spoil uh, something along the lines, one of the first ones that I wanted to do was the mount rushmore of superheroes so then that would turn into a debate of is Batman on the list? Is Superman on the list? Spider-Man, Wolverine, Wonder Woman, Incredible Hulk, Daredevil, you know, I highly doubt anybody's rooting <laughs> for him, but, you know, you can make a debate about a lot of these kind of things, and you can also funnel it down into other different types of categories, too. So, in the wrestling spectrum, we can do the Mount Rushmore of WCW, the Mount Rushmore of the modern era, the Mount Rushmore of tag teams. A wide variety of different things, but if we're going to start things off with that, we have to start off with the most generic and the hardest one, I think, to determine, the Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. So this doesn't limit it to anything. It could be people from Smoky Mountain Wrestling, people from WWE, people from different eras people who were managers, people who were the heads of the companies. You know, you can throw a Paul Heyman in there. You can throw Vern Gagne in there. There are so many different varieties. That's what kind of makes it difficult. And also what makes it difficult, I didn't pick my four ahead of time on purpose. <laughs> so I'm going to be one of the uh, test subjects, one of the guinea pigs here, because what we're going to do as far as how to determine what this is, we're going to run down a list of a bunch of different people talk about whether or not they're worthy, throw them into a list of kind of like a master list of who we think that could be up for the debate. And then we have to decide between the three of us, we have to come to an agreement that these are the four. It's not going to be one of those scenarios where I pick my four, Callum picks his four, Robert picks his four. Then we just go, all right, well, who's your four? Go ahead and leave a comment below. No, we need to settle the debate and decide the smart out moment uh, official, I guess you could say, Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling. So before we get started, I just want to ask, generally speaking, 
since you guys had thought of your lists ahead of time, was it hard? Yes. Yeah. Because of- <laughs> I'm glad you did it and you just because like there's so many names and there's so many really big names and then you start to get into the subjectivity of it like well my personal four and the four reasons I think of when I when I would think of why I watch wrestling are these four and there's so many different things you can think of it's the breadth of pro wrestling history is probably the biggest stumbling block because like professional wrestling has a history stretching back to the mid 19th century. And depending on how you want to judge what your Mount Rushmore should be, should it be the people that made the biggest steps forward for professional wrestling towards where it is today or people that you actually cared about the most or people that you think have the biggest impact in a certain era, then you have so many different variables playing with it that leads just you can't really just limit it to four even though that's what we're going to attempt to do now that's what makes it difficult because you really could go all over the place and i'm sure that there are some people that are going to be out there saying how come you don't have the road warriors in there or something like that and it's like well right that's one thing too <laughs> but like if you are a fan of a certain era or a certain territory or something like that. Like if you're going back to territory days and stuff too, you might not even factor in territory days. Like somebody who is a fan of wrestling just in 2018, they could be looking at Okada and being like, he's one of them or Kenny Omega is one of them or something like that. And I tend to focus a little bit more if I'm looking at my list, founding fathers type of an idea with a little bit mixed up of you can't just have everybody be the old ones. Like the old timers, they make sense. Yet at the same time, if you just say that it's only the original things that you go back to, then you lose out on modernization and you lose out on kind of like a progressiveness, I guess you could say. Yet at the same time, I look at my list that I've got as like my 20 people or so that I had written down as potentials. I don't think I have anybody that is like the current crop of wrestling. Does anybody? I do. I mean, I personally don't just because I don't, I'm not saying wrestling's in a lull right now. I just think it's a little bit. None of the people still, they still have to craft their legacy. They're going to leave. So I don't really want to just, if you're building Mount Rushmore now, you don't build it with people that still have things to do. Yeah, so no Roman Reigns. <laughs> Even well, though WWE probably would want to have them on there. The the only modern name that I even had penciled in as a maybe is when I thought we were doing the top four just WWE names, and it was John. But well, Let's go ahead and get started with John, because John's... John Cena to me is one of those guys that I can see people making an argument for him, yet he wouldn't be on my list. And the main reason why is because I think he's representation. Uh, he he's kind of one of those guys that like he's always compared to somebody. It's like the the new John Cena is what we call Roman Reigns, but John Cena was what we called the new Hulk Hogan or the new rock or the new Austin. And it's almost like he's just 
kind of picking up where they left off a little bit more so than necessarily trailblazing in a way that hasn't been trailblazed before. But that's not to say that they didn't call Rock the new Hogan. Right. That's where things get a little tricky. <laughs> I I kind of look at John Cena as he was the like big face at a time when WWE became more of a machine that was able to churn out wrestlers and and basically just like wrestler comes in, wrestler goes out, it doesn't really influence it and nothing's gonna stop the machine from going forward. Like it was John Cena came in at a time where WWE was the only real wrestling promotion of any note. Especially in America, but like pretty much worldwide at that point as well. So it did, he didn't need to be great at what he was doing because if WWE were going to push him, they were just going to push him and nobody could do anything about it. Because if you like professional wrestling, you were watching WWE when John Cena was on top. And that's a very good point. The reason I had him penciled in as a maybe is because I do look at him as somebody who really held up some kind of reputation for the company and the industry when it wasn't all that hot. So people, you know, won't know too many wrestling names from this era, but they'll know John Cena. And when looking at the cornerstones of what is the top promotion in the world, I think he has to be considered at the very least. Yeah, he's in I have three tiers of the people that I had written down. There's like the oh, I'm pretty sure these four are going to come from this group. And then there's the second tier of like you can make an argument but I don't think so. And then there's a tier of you got to be kidding me. These people had these on there like that kind of a thing. Even though they're still big names, that's the thing too cuz nobody in their right mind is going to be like Virgil should be one of them. It's like you know, it's not the case. But I do think that Cena is like right on the cusp of being there yet just misses out. And if this were like a top 10, of course there's, there's no debate whatsoever. He's on there. No, there's definite debate. I wouldn't put uh, Cena wouldn't be my top. (laughs) Cena wouldn't be my top 20 for this. Really? He's not that important. He's, he was the biggest star at a point where WWE was the only like thing for pro wrestling. I'm looking at people that were like trailblazers and important milestones where wrestling was evolving. He was at a point where wrestling was stagnating. Hmm. All right. So let me throw out a name name here. Uh, Would Dusty Rhodes be on your top 20? No. He's in my second tier with John Cena. Okay. I think Dusty Rhodes is one of those guys where it's applicable when you start looking at beyond WWE. And I'm more of a WWE guy, so I don't have that connectivity where some people, Dusty Rhodes was the guy and the guy for a lot of different people, you know, like he was a big name. He did trailblaze in a certain way. You know, he had his feud with Ric Flair and that was the type of thing where that was the focal point for so many different people and everything. But then I look at his career in WWE. And I go, well, he didn't really know anything. Like, he was a big step in, like, NXT, and he still was somebody in WWE, but he didn't win a world title. He didn't... Actually, he didn't win any titles in WWE. He he won no titles. So, 
I don't know, like if you didn't do something in WWE, I kind of tend to think that that invalidates you a little bit. You're not going to like a lot of my list then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to hear your entire list. I'm very intrigued. But uh, knowing uh, the way Tony thinks, that's why I had this like really bogged down WWE centric list. Because I know gonna, the way Tony thinks. I'm not going to count out to whatever Tony thinks with this stuff. He might be. <laughs> He might be the head honcho I smoke at the moment, but my my wrestling tastes extend far further than the big company up north. <laughs> well, that'll be an interesting thing if we get to a point where it's like you have four. Well, you guys will disagree people. with it, but like I'm just using this as a platform to test my wider wrestling knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> Let me toss out a couple names here that I think were on like the laughable type of spectrum that I had seen. And by laughable, I don't mean that these people are bad. I just mean that it's like, I really don't think there was much of a discussion. Um, Chris Jericho being one. Jericho to me is a guy that he is super good. And you can make a case that he's one of the greatest of all time, but he kind of came in as like, I want to be a Shawn Michaels and I want to do this kind of thing. And I want to be a little bit of a Ric Flair. And he, he sort of is just like the next step of that. I don't think he takes a spot up. I think this is right away with that name. You just start getting into the, well, maybe somebody's giving their own personal. Well, this is my top four. This is my Mount Rushmore of why. Wrestling is great. I mean, if we're really getting into personal and we're just talking in ring and not in life, I would throw out Benoit. Like from a personal, just in ring while of wrestling, Benoit might make my list. That's why this discussion is so difficult. Even if it was top 50 favorite wrestlers, Benoit wouldn't make my list. Not even, like, influential and stuff. I never really thought Benoit was, like, beyond the spectrum of just, like, he's good. Because, I mean, there's so many people who are just good. I thought Benoit was obviously a great technical wrestler, but in terms of his influence, like, his influence on wrestling nowadays is entirely negative. Yeah, well, if you're gonna, maybe that's yeah. a future Mount Rushmore. Mount I mean, Rushmore of, like, yeah. negative impact. We have him, Snuka, like, you know. <laughs> I mean, he's he's positive in the sense is that his downfall brought about more strict regulations in terms of steroid use and uh, drug use in WWE, and like put actually made the wellness policy mean something, which it really didn't beforehand. That's but true. but he had to kill himself and his family to, in order for that to happen. So I'm not going to put him on a Mount Rushmore because that will just be defined immediately. <laughs> Again, I'd like to clarify, I was saying if we're talking about in-ring ability, and we're talking personal yeah. favorites. <laughs> um, another name that I had seen some people on the internet saying, and this one I think is a very easy one to just blow past, uh, Goldberg. To me, it's like, you're talking Mount Rushmore of WCW, you got an argument. Outside of that, not a chance. I'd say WCW, you'd have to limit it to WCW Nitro as well, because yeah, WCW has a longer history than that. If you're talking Mount Rushmore of the Monday Night War specifically, maybe Goldberg gets a spot. Outside of that, not a chance. I'd even make the case that he might be in the running for just WCW period, but 
He probably wouldn't make my list. No, nah, he wouldn't make my list. Not by a long shot. Well, his run in WWE only lasted from 97 to 2001, so you can't really be in around Mount Rushmore of anything if you've only had a, a four-year career at that point. Let, let's just say this real quick. Goldberg, overrated as fuck, everybody? Yes? I, I disagree. I think people, the people that overrate him are underrated. <laughs> I, I think he's just fine where he is. <laughs> I, I think he's very overrated. That's just personal. You mean as far as like in ring work? Because that, that he's not that good at. As far as like the impact that he actually had, he was a name, but it wasn't like, oh my God, this this Goldberg guy, you know? I, I completely disagree. If WCW had actually backed him and not sandbagged his career after 99, then WCW would still be alive right now. I think if he actually wanted to be involved, you know, maybe they'd still be alive right now. But the reason of... why he, well, we're, we're, I'm not going to turn this into a debate about why Goldberg hated his time. <laughs> the Goldberg podcast. We, we, yeah, we'll just, we'll, this is a different subject for a different day. We can have an argument about it later on in the in Facebook chat or something. <laughs> uh, some other names that I, uh, I think that we can blow past pretty easily. Jerry the King Lawler. Really important for the territory he was in, and I love Lawler. I mean, again, it, he can't be make a all time Mount Rushmore, but he was really, really good for his era and for what he did. Very much so. Lawler's great. If you're doing, for instance, uh, Mount Rushmore of commentators, I think he's in the discussion. Especially if you're talking Mount Rushmore of like territory days, you you should definitely bring him in. But I think general scope. Lawler doesn't make the cut. I'd also say the same, and some people might think that this is sacrilege, but Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, no, I think he absolutely has to be in the discussion. I don't know. I kind of look at that as like, like, he's in that range a little bit to me of like a Mr. Perfect or so, where people love him and he was an icon in certain ways. But I just don't know if I would rank him above some of the other people that I have at my top tier. He's still in my third tier, even. He he has a I'd say the reputation at least of being a trailblazer in that all of these talk show segments we see now in WWE and other promotions, he was the like the forefather of all of those. So he at least has that influential aspect mm-hmm. to what we now consider a traditional like products of wwe and that pop culture influence too yeah he, he is stuff. the villain that allows hulkamania to become a phenomenon when they're about to launch wrestlemania i'll just say this for piper he's the only guy who worked the first mania the first starcade and the first bound for glory now you can say whatever you want about bound for glory but he was a cornerstone <laughs> of the first starcade and the first wrestlemania and that alone says roddy piper is at least in the discussion more so on the lines of like a dusty roads you think yeah part of that tier even definitely for me he would definitely be above dusty i don't know about you guys i mean i wouldn't put either of those two pretty near the discussion at this point Oh, they're, st- they're still a little bit below for me. I'll be willing to move Piper up to my tier number two, but I don't think he's getting up to tier number one, especially not in the Mount Rushmore. Uh, I think that we probably can all agree Triple H doesn't make the cut. Yeah, Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. That's a good clarification. He could be in the future, but 
right now, no. I I thought it was funny that people were doing this, and I was like, you know what? Uh, no. AJ Styles, no. 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 Mount Rushmore of TNA, 100%. Yeah, and I think he'd even be upset to be on that as well. It might as well just be four heads of Styles for the Mount Rushmore of TNA. (laughs) I also think that people are giving Kurt Angle too much credit by putting him on there. I love Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle is my favorite wrestler of all time. I wouldn't put him on the Mount Rushmore of it. I'm no. putting my personal one, like just like a personal, these are my favorite wrestlers, Mount Rushmore. But if you're just talking about the influence he's had on professional wrestling in general, it's it's not strong enough. I think the exact same level that he's at with maybe just angle slightly lower is comparable to Bret Hart. Where it's like Bret was the replacement for Hogan, but he never became the replacement for Hogan. And he was really influential during a short amount of time. One of the yeah. best of all time, I think. Yet, most people, I think, when you say who is the best wrestler of all time, they go to, well, they go to like two different sides of things. They either go with Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, or they go with like The Rock, Hulk Hogan, that kind of a thing. I don't think anybody really brings up Bret Hart. If he br- if he gets brought up, he gets brought up in the Sean Flair side of the discussion. But I also think people largely remember him now as like a launching pad for Sean. Yeah, kind of. Like you intrinsically tie him into the Montreal Screwdrop, and that becomes his biggest legacy. And since Sean worked till 2010 and Brett did not, you know, I think Sean just elevates himself above Brett through that alone. Here's a little bit of an argument, though. Do you think that there is a case for Stu Hart? He trained a very strong generation of wrestlers. Yes. And obviously his family is so intrinsically tied to professional wrestling from the 80s onwards, really. I'd say no. Yeah, I still wouldn't put him into there either. He gets a monument, but it's not he's not on Mount Rushmore. Yeah, if we start throwing other monuments in there, then it gets confusing. <laughs> uh, you know, Washington Monument is so and so, and that was actually a plan for those who don't know that. Uh, originally, I had a whole lineup of that, and it just becomes how many times do you need to constitute something a monument? Do we need to go? Well, what's the Alamo of that? Is it the Madison Square Garden, like that kind of a thing? Like, <laughs> and then you're like you're spending forever. Um, can we rule out? Brock Lesnar and Mick Foley. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Mick Foley, um, but no. And Brock Lesnar, no. Fuck you. And the other name that I had had down in my bottom tier that I had seen people throw out there is Gorgeous George. Oh. Uh, w- whoa. Wait a second. Gorgeous George on your bottom tier. Yep. Gorgeous George. If there's no Gorgeous George, there's no Ric Flair, there's no Shawn Michaels, there's nobody of that egotistical character work wrestling. There's probably <laughs> nobody Rogers. It's probably not. Like, yeah, you gotta. He's in the discussion 100%. I don't know. I don't see that being a case where he. I get He's- like he was the guy that started it, but I think that so many people have done it to a level it- where they've surpassed him. People might have done it better, but... Well, we're talking cornerstones here. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, 
the first golden age of wrestling is the 1940s, 1950s, and he is the poster child for it. And it's not like his influence just spread to people like Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels or these more flamboyant wrestling characters. He influenced Muhammad Ali. He influenced James Brown. He influenced Bob Dylan. Like He influenced like a wider pop culture than just professional wrestling. And if he obviously he was a, a major alcoholic, so he passed away far too young. <laughs> I thought that was going to be one of the reasons. That <laughs> it just has a negative. <laughs> so he po- I'm saying it along the lines that he passed away very young, so it means that his influence was limited, so he couldn't exactly like train other people to go for it. But just as a character and as a personality, like there's few people that really had as big of an influence as he did. So push comes to shove. Is he on your list? He's not my top four now. Yeah, he's on. He he's on my list, but he's not on my top. Four. He's not my. He's not. I wouldn't put him on the Mount Rushmore. He's on the list. I don't know if he makes the Mount Rushmore. Ah. All right, getting a thumbs down from me. <laughs> uh, but you're the you're the oldest one here, and you're behaving like the young yeah. Man. <laughs> oh, we'll get into the, like, a little bit of that later on because I do have two pretty older names, not like you know completely black and white era type of stuff. You're not going to hear me be like, uh, I don't know, the Bobo Brazil needs to be on this or something like that. No, fuck that. George Hackenschmidt. Yeah, you know, Danny Hodge, hell of a grip, like that kind of a thing. But <laughs> I don't have many of the old names, but um, I, I, most of my localization focused around uh, kind of like WrestleMania onward, sort of a little bit before WrestleMania and then afterward. Uh, it pains me to say this, but I think we can rule out the undertaker and that hurts my soul. (laughs) He's an epic character a character that was never should have worked as well as it did. And he's, if it's a WWE based one, you kind of have to put him on there just because of the longevity he's had. It's a longevity that most wrestlers could never dream of reaching. And the records of WrestleMania, the undefeated streak, the championship wins, the relationship with Paul Bearer, the fact that Kane is like a direct descendant of his character. The fact that people like Mankind as well, like how many wrestlers came in off feud with The Undertaker? And good how many, and bad. Like, so many of them. Yeah, yeah it's good uh, and bad, yeah. How many have no legacy other than that they fought The Undertaker? Yeah. But we have to also like condemn the undertaker for introducing us to giant gonzalez and the great carly so yeah giant, <laughs> giant gonzalez is right where my mind went <laughs> like so he's on your uh mount rushmore <laughs> <laughs> it, it really pains me to say that though like because the undertaker for you know i mentioned before about the monuments thing the entire point that i was originally going to make the monuments extra was because i wanted to give the undertaker something and i had had down this list of like Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, the uh, Lincoln Memorial, the Statue of Liberty, and they all revolved around, I gotta give something to Undertaker, I can't make him not a part of this, but then that made me realize, if I'm already trying to figure out a way to give him something else, that means that he's not on my Mount Rushmore, and that sucks, because fucking, the Undertaker's amazing. And again, if we're talking favorites of all time, there's no question Undertaker is my second favorite of all time. It's Shawn Michaels number one, Undertaker number two, and that's been the same for 
my entire life for the most part. So Taker is one of those like unfortunate cuts that I think it's just kind of like, ah, this hurts. Yeah, <laughs> it really, it really does hurt, but I have to agree. I think that what we should do though, uh, I've been keeping a little separate list here. Anybody that I think that we've had a, a decent enough discussion about, I've been putting a pin in. Because if we can't quite decide and we need to come and do like a second string type of person, I think Undertaker's into discussion there. Right now, for those uh, names, I've got Cena, Undertaker, Dusty Rhodes, Rowdy Piper, and Gorgeous George. Like, there's the only ones I think we can try to make any kind of arguments about so far. So far. So far, yeah. What do you guys think about Vince McMahon? Yes, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I mean, he's not a wrestler, but he's the promoter of the juggernaut company. And it's not so much a sense of, like, he changed professional wrestling. Like, professional wrestling before Vince McMahon was a territory-based, like, idea that you had different states had their own promotions and different cities had their own promotions. When Vince McMahon came along, he swallowed as many of those up as he possibly could and made wrestling, not that it wasn't nationally recognized anyway but he made it into a a national phenomenon he took advantage of cable television greater than anybody else beforehand he introduced wrestlemania which became the biggest show in like fresh wrestling today the cable thing can be argued because of like i know other people were doing it beforehand but he was one that really like leveraged it to his advantage more than anybody else i'd say and he managed to kill off his like two major competitors in ECW and WCW he made WWE like the single entity for okay if you want to become the best professional wrestler or you want to be at the top of your craft you have to be in WWE which I don't think is necessarily as strong as it was like nowadays but for a long period of time it was just like WWE or you're nowhere or you might as well give up on being a professional wrestler I agree see I'm going to play a devious card here, but I think this is going to be a, a rule kind of going forward. Um, they have to be wrestlers? No, no, it doesn't have to be, but he's Ben Franklin. He's the guy that was supremely influential, but he wasn't the president. And the Mount Rushmore is the president's and I kind of look at that, that as sort of like Vince is the puppet master to whoever not necessarily he has to be the one that controlled the four but it's almost like he's the guy behind the curtain and there's no question he is the guy if you're talking like the pro for, uh, professional wrestling entity but then I go, but Ben Franklin wasn't president. He's not on the Mount Rushmore. I'll I'll go with my argument for that in the sense of if if he was just somebody behind the scenes, I would completely agree with you. But I also have to put in the argument that Vince Mann is one of the greatest wrestling characters of all time as well. It's true. Damn, that's a good point. Uh... Like if you if he had just been the person behind the scenes pushing WWE forward and. We'd only known him as even just the commentator or just an executive. Then, yeah, I'd completely agree with you. He's the puppet master, just pulling the strings while other people become the real stars of professional wrestling. 
that Vince is a character and his character is one of the key reasons why WWE became so popular during the Attitude Era. So, yeah, he has to be on it because he orchestrated the rise of Hulkamania and wrestling in the pop culture zeitgeist. And then he literally took the company to another level on screen in its second heyday. So he has to be. Yeah, I mean, Austin is Steve Austin is great and we will probably come into a discussion with him that there is no Stone Cold Steve Austin without Vince McMahon. All right, and I'm gonna put is, a yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put an asterisk on Vince yeah. McMahon. He is at least right now the first person we have at least somewhat of an agreement on. He might be in our Mount Rushmore. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that at the moment. Um, it pains me to say this too. I think I'd rule out Shawn Michaels. I'm glad you said it. it saves me having to. Like put you guys out of your misery with it. Well, yeah, all right. <laughs> I guess you got to rule them out because these are for the really big main four. And as much as I love Sean, favorite wrestler of all time, he doesn't get them out, Rushmore. Uh, if you're talking, and this is one of those things people are going to be like, this is bullshit. And it's like, yeah, well, this is kind of the point of it where you can do a future edition of the Mount Rushmore of in-ring technicians or the Mount Rushmore of technical abilities or something like that, then Shawn Michaels has to be on there. But this factors in popularity. It factors in reach, uh, influential, you know, everything like that. And there is an argument that you could say Shawn Michaels is influential when it comes to a whole generation of people that got into wrestling just because they watched Shawn Michaels, you know, how many people have we seen in the past 20 years that have been like, Shawn Michaels was my guy? You know, Dolph Ziggler, uh, to a certain extent, even like the Chris Jerichos. And anybody who really has like tights and long hair tends to be like, oh, it's Shawn Michaels. And even the people that don't have that type of a body shape, they're like, yeah, Shawn Michaels was my guy. Even like a big E is probably like, yeah, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's he's so he's up for the debate, but I think that when push comes to shove, he just it's I I, I go uh, with the lines that Shawn Michaels is a great wrestler, and you could probably count on one hand people that had all the elements of being a wrestler up to the level that he had. But I don't think being a great wrestler is enough to earn a spot on Mount Rushmore of wrestling, which sounds weird but he might be one of the best people to ever lace up a pair of boots but he doesn't have the outs the external factors to really claim a, a solid spot on it i think if the time period that he was on top if it would have been longer and if he would have had more mainstream popularity then he starts really getting into the discussion, but he really wasn't on top that long. And he, he was more of like that workhorse and that kind of hinders him a little bit. You have to rule him out for the same reason that you rule out Brett. As much as we love those guys, that era was the lowest era for the company. Well, arguable, I guess with today's era, but that era didn't, draw as much attention and if sean didn't you know 
exit right as the company was coming into prominence, maybe he'd be in the discussion. Yeah. That injury really fucked him up, too. Yeah, so. but if we have injury, Sean Marks will probably be dead now. So it's probably, <laughs> it's probably the best, really. That's a good point. Um, So I have one more person in my second tier. And I don't know if I would put him up to my main tier or not. Uh, I think that this guy, we could get a decent discussion out of. But uh, it'll be funny if you guys are both just like, nah. <laughs> uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. I thought that's where you were going with that. Here's the thing about Savage. I'm going to give him a thumbs up because he's one of those guys where you see him a lot in pop culture related things today. Like that character was so iconic that it's still, you know, is talked about. So I, I have to give him a thumbs up because he was there for the rise and he is a memorable character that people still talk about to this day. All right, Callum, uh, tell us why you shouldn't be. <laughs> tear it, tear, tear it down. I, I could feel the energy. I, I, I love Randy Savage. And Randy Savage also is influential in the sense that he was one of the few wrestlers that would essentially craft his matches before they would go on. It's something that wrestlers didn't really do before him too much, where he would pinpoint which spots he was going to do. He would try and craft a story and work with the person whoever he was doing with. My main issue with Savage is the fact that he was never really the guy in any promotion he was in. Yep. Fair enough. That's and where any, I any, put him in tier two. Yeah. And in any promotion he was the guy in was, again, a territory-based thing, which isn't like meant to be a knock on him if he was only working in a regional area. It's not to say that he wasn't a huge star because he was, and he did transcend professional wrestling with the, whether it was with the Slim Jim adverts or just being in the rock and roll wrestling e- era. But he, in WWE, he was second fiddle to Hulk Hogan, and in WCW, he was second fi- fiddle to Hulk Hogan. Fucking so, Hogan. <laughs> so whether he was a better wrestler, which I believe he was, and he was a better promo, than pretty much anybody in his era. Like, you'd probably put him and Piper on a similar level, but beyond that, few people really had the, like, cerebral promo ability that he had. But I just don't think he stands out as an individual enough. He's always in the shadow of Hogan. Uh, But I'll be honest and say, if you mesh the positives of Hogan with the positives of of Flair, you get Randy Savage. Randy Savage, to me... is the best of that era. And I can completely understand why you're going to give him a thumbs down here, Callum. But I, I do think he's underappreciated in a sense. A hundred percent. But it's just the idea that nobody, nobody in like the biggest promotions, they, they had another guy, essentially. They had another guy, whether it was right or it was wrong, they had another guy they wanted to push more than him. So I think that um, your, your point there of, Savage is Hogan plus Flair, yet he's still the B version of both, kind of. Yeah. He's like the, um, it's lesser than the sum of its parts almost, really. Which is such a shame to say because I think that there's a legitimate discussion. Macho Man is without a doubt in that range, but it's, you gotta pick four. Like, you can't have a Mount Rush more of a 10. And. That's where it gets tricky. But yeah, I always liked Macho Man better than Hogan. Um, and um, I wish that I could 
put him above. I was going to ask before you move on to your like top ones because I assume it's going to be a lot of people that a lot of people have heard of, like especially in like top WWE things as well. Can I mention a few of mine which probably won't merit a lot of discussion, but because. Like, you beat me to it because I was actually going to do that. I was going to say, you probably have some <laughs> names that I'm going to be like, nope, not a chance. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, it's a strong chance that not only you will say no to, you probably don't even know who they are. So this, so it won't merit a lot of discussion, but <laughs> it's just a, it's a sense of like, these are some people that I might consider for it because I'm trying to extend, expand a little bit beyond WWE's clutches of things. Go for it. Okay. So uh, people that know me, as like a wrestling fan, know that I'm a big New Japan wrestling mark. Nope, not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so fuck, fuck yes. <laughs> so Anoki or Dozen? It was um, I had both on my list. Well, obviously, I wouldn't have both of them on the Mount Rushmore, but Antonio Noki is obviously the founding father of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that's the biggest promotion in Japan now. So you can't. You can't really talk about professional wrestling without mentioning Japan in a certain extent right. because of how, like, how much of a furore they've had for that, like, entertainment for years and years and years. But if you were to say who is the like the guy at the center of professional wrestling in Japan, like, who's at the heart of it? It's Ricky Dozan, who was actually uh, North Korean. So That's true. So it's but he moved over to Japan and essentially created the strong style of wrestling that is now like the centerpiece of what Japanese wrestling stands for. And again, it was somebody who had quite, who had a, a powerful impact, but a short impact because he was uh, murdered in 1963 by the Yakuza. So he had a very short stint of time, but like wrestling in Japan doesn't at least doesn't have the prominence it has now without him. So at least I put him in the discussion. And then also if you go over to Mexico, you okay. have to talk about El Santo as well. Who is a yeah. god to the Mexican people. Like He would be on my list, but I know he's not going to be because <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even know who the hell El Santo was when he got inducted. I was like uh, yeah. yeah. But he's like Lucha Libre is a a very well known and very well respected wrestling tradition and he is like he transcends everything in Mexico towards like he wasn't just like the biggest wrestling star he was like a he- a national hero in Mexico so he at least should go into the discussion I think I mean I don't know whether you're going to mention this Tony as part of like your top ones but I have Andre the Giant he is on my list Okay, so we'll, we'll move on to that one. We have a bit more discussion. I have... Um, oh, who, who's this one? Uh, I'm, I'm checking my phone now, so I'm just making sure. I have Frank Gotch on my list. Do you have Not Thez? on my list. Do you have Thez on your list? Nope. Who? Luthez. Luthez? No, I don't have Luthez on my list. He should was... at least be on your list. Don't tell me who should be on my list. He should be on your <laughs> list. <laughs> but you just have... made the list. <laughs> I have I have Frank Gotch because he's one of the like main people that brought professional wrestling to the forefront in America in the early 20th century. So I think he should at least be in consideration. And then I decided to stretch. Essentially, I did a Google search for history of professional wrestling. 
and I decided to put this person down, even though there's absolutely zero chance he's going to be on it. Uh, John Graham Chambers, uh, British you, guy. You got to know he's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> British guy like me, he is the guy who is famed for innovating the catches can style of wrestling. I was. <laughs> I was literally just about to make a joke that says, yeah, I didn't really go ahead and just Google catch his catch cat. <laughs> you're, just burying, you're burying my hard-earned research here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, I don't want to do the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just that he was he he was just the guy that like brought this style of wrestling forward, which was then taken up by the carnival wrestlers in the like in Britain and in America going forward. So if you're just looking back to like, say he's like the George Washington, like the founding father almost of professional wrestling, like without him essentially like bastardizing what wrestling was at that point in time and turning into something completely different then WWE doesn't exist today. And that's too a discussion that I think that some people that are more on the historian side of things, that they can make arguments for whether they're actually into like the wrestling historian side or they're just flat out history itself because I've never been all that interested in history as like a subject, like, you know, in That's school fine. history was one of those things where I was just like, Oh, I don't care. Like how many times do I have to listen about world war two? I get it. Hitler bad. Like, you know, like I can't say. You see, this where we differ take is like history is my degree. That's what I got my degree in. So, uh-huh. It's been a, a long-term passion of mine to look back at how things change over time. So even though I know these ones won't go into because there's not a lot of discussion, like I would at least, because of my fandom for New Japan, Ricky Dozan would be on my uh, overall Mount Rushmore pro wrestling. But I know it won't More get More so than Anoki? Yeah, just because he trained Anoki. And huh. so... He's kind of like there is no Anoki without Ricky Dozan. He also and, trained Baba, right? And then they yeah. split off. Yeah, so he's a he's the person who trained both of the founders for the biggest promotions in Japan. So and there's really nobody before him in terms of there are people obviously that used to wrestle a lot in Japan, but it was never as big before Ricky Dozan or maybe arguably even since Ricky Dozan. So that's why I'd put him over everybody else in Japan. And then I'd possibly also include El Santo as well, just because there's no bigger Lucha Libre star than he is. He, he was, anyway. Well, that, too, I mean, can create a discussion where if you approach it from a different angle, you've got a list that you could be forming that you could do, uh, like, yours specifically, Callum. Like, you could do a Mount Rushmore and have it be, these are the four cornerstones of different markets. And you could do, like... Dozan and El Santo and I don't know, like Vince McMahon and uh, you know somebody from who was the um, the British one that you just said Chambers. <laughs> yeah, Chambers. I, I don't think I'd include him, even though he's such a a marked history thing. Like I, I have my top four already like listed out, but like so we'll get to that. We'll get to that because you it's could, definitely one. You could make a case of something like that, though. Like if people oh, were yeah, to say, definitely. like you know, you should make the four quadrants like representative of like this is the lucha libre one and this is the what you know like you could do that kind of a thing yeah, strong style people, whatever yeah i think other people that are like more into the history side of things like these would be names that everybody would bring up so i think even though i completely understand why they won't go on our one 
these are names that should at least be in the discussion just for the sake of hopefully somebody listening to this will read about them or like search them or whatever and find out a little bit more about them because they do all have really fascinating stories and really strong impacts to what wrestling is today i'll tell you one person who won't be well i think we picked a good three people to do this because clearly tony's on the side of yeah, if they weren't on my television screen, I didn't care. Callum is all about the history, and I am very much in the middle. I love wrestling history, but I do tend to skew towards, well, you have to go with who made an impact on our television screens. That's uh, how this uh, is going to play out, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll, before... I'll let you guys ruin my one to... Before I name my one, two, three, four, five, six people that I had had down in my top tier, I want to just really quickly mention that Sting and Ric Flair had both done their ideas of uh, who they would pick for the Mount Rushmore. But before we got started, uh, Rob, you mentioned that Shaq did too. Shaq did as well. Now he said Hogan and Flair were definite. And then he threw out other names like the Junkyard Dog, Kitty <laughs> Snooker. Oh, God. Um, Bad Boy Leroy Brown and The Undertaker. It was just a very strange group of guys for his possible Mount Rushmore, but he did say Hogan and Flair definitely get a spot. Nah. Uh, Jim, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Snooker's the um, we need to do a Mount Rushmore like wrestling murderers. <laughs> <laughs> that very well could be so, a future yeah, it'd be, edition. It'd be so Benoit it'd be, it'd be Snooker, ben the guy Snooker. that killed Bruiser Brody. Um, and, yeah, the invader uh, from yeah. uh, Mexico, uh, not Mexico, Puerto Rico. Yeah. And you count Rey Mysterio for killing that uh, wrestler. Uh, in the, uh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Can we count um, Snitsky for putting that baby? <laughs> Oh, he no, killed Lita's no. baby, so... Th- that wasn't his fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Mount Rushmore of innocence. <laughs> so, you know, Kane with Katie Vick. <laughs> like, things like that. Um, oh, Sting, by the way. Sting's not in, in the discussion, I don't think, either. I'm glad you didn't say Warrior. Oh, no, I'm not even entertaining the idea of oh, Warrior being on there. I mean, if some people say, you know... Jericho and guys like that. I'm surprised nobody said, "Well, Warrior would be on my list." Nah, no. <laughs> yeah, he's already got an award. He's got far too much already. <laughs> so I'm just gonna throw the lump out. The six that I had had down as potentials: Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair, Andre the Giant. The Rock and Bruno San Martino. Bruno's out immediately. Uh, I I think I have my four that I would pick, and I don't know if Bruno makes the cut, but he does more so than The Rock in my mind. That seems kind of crazy because Sting, his four were Andre Hogan, Rock, and Flair. Flair's were. Austin instead of Andre Hogan Rock and Flair. So of course Flair put his, himself down on the list. <laughs> uh I don't know. I mean, I think that it's there if you go with these six people and then we could also throw in, you know, the people that we were discussing before like the Vince McMahon and and so on and so forth, but 
I don't know if I picked The Rock on there. I would make a strong argument for The Rock. Stronger than Bruno. Stronger than Bruno, yes. Yeah, okay. Really? Because I thought that there'd be more of a, a pull for Bruno. The the main thing about The Rock that I think puts him further ahead of San Martino is that if you are someone else who doesn't follow professional wrestling who Bruno San Martino is, they may not I mean they may know if they're old enough or they were watching at that sort of time. They may know who he was. But the rock is like nobody doesn't know who the rock is. Like he I, is the he's the biggest movie star in the world. Highest paid and the number one name in the world right now. I think you gotta talk about the rock. If you're gonna qualify Bruno, then honestly, I'm not being funny, then we can talk about Santo. Like <laughs> Bruno was regionalized to the northeast Italian market. If we're gonna throw him in there, I don't care if he just happens to have the lineage that WWE traces itself back to. If we're talking about him, Santo's on the list. So Bruno's out for me. I think that here's where I didn't have Bruno in my four. If you sort of start combining people into like categories, like how I had mentioned before, that you could go with like Dozan for Strong Style and you can go for El Santo for Lucha Libre and whatever. If you classify Bruno as territory, I think you can make the case that Andre takes that spot over Bruno. Like, that he's, like, territory, no. kind of. Andre is... Andre was territory, yes, but he transcended. Andre is pop culture. Bruno is not. Bruno, right. I would only put on Mount Rushmore if we're talking regional, like we said with Lawler. Lawler in a territory Mount Rushmore, he's on there. So is Bruno, but not in an overall. Well, can we all then make an agreement? At the very least, we have to push Bruno out. And he's not in there. Yes. I I don't want to discredit him too much with that sort of thing, because I understand completely where you're coming from with that, Rob. But he still has a, a tremendous impact on professional wrestling. And in terms of WWE's legacy, at the very least, like he is like the starting point almost, really. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't put him on my Mount Rushmore. All right, I'm striking him from the record. Bruno is no longer... In the running. Uh, let's go back to The Rock. Because The Rock to me. It's sort of like. Well how many spots do we have left. Kind of a thing. And I, I. There's no argument. The Rock is insanely popular. He was a fixture of. The Attitude Era. He is one of the most. Well paid. Entertainers ever. He Does he have a star on the Hollywood. Um, Yes. He should, at the very least, if he didn't. He's the guy in a lot of different regards, but I also kind of go, well, The Rock fought for that top spot with Hulk, uh, Hulk Hogan, with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then I start arguing with myself and go, can you put them both on there, or do you have to pick? If you have to pick there's a chance that you can go with Austin over The Rock. Although, I will make the concession, even though I think that Austin is more popular as far as 
he's like the wrestling guy that people would refer to in that way. The Rock has had a far more uh, expansive career. It, and it, that gets difficult. Do you go with Austin? Do you go with Rock? Or do you go with both? It becomes a, like, a weird situation where it's like, it's a wrestling Mount Rushmore. And it's the argument that Austin was a big, arguably a bigger star than The Rock when they were both together during the Monday Night Wars. But if you could transcend beyond that and just try and do a list of wrestlers that have been hugely influential outside of both like inside the ring and outside the ring, like Rock blows Austin out of the water in that regard. Well, there's also, how many years were they both on top? Austin, he gets really popular in 96 into 97, but he's not the guy yet until 98. And you've got a couple of years where he's the guy. At the same time, The Rock is kind of doing his thing. And, you know, there's like a, what, six-year span, maybe, that encompasses the two of them i think it's he's kind of shorter than that almost to make it easier i i just go from 98 to 03 for both of them even though i know austin was kind of bigger before but he really came into prominence in 98 and since rock was on the rise when i talk about them i group them into that five-year span of 98 to 03 which that makes me kind of weird because i go well they are of course like this like top tier type of supreme uh character type wise but if you go that was a five year stint think about five years ago from 2018 isn't it crazy how like one year used to mean so much more and now it feels like nothing's changed yeah nothing changes as much anymore yeah Which it's is- this what three years since daniel bryan had wrestled and it feels like it's it hasn't been like an entire era <laughs> It's 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 so weird because they their stars were so bright, shining for such a short period of time, and obviously we go back to someone like John Cena. John Cena's been like a huge star in WWE for like his like rise to the top came in two thousand five, and he's even though he's a part time star now, he's still a huge name, and it's twenty eighteen, so he's been there thirteen years, and. Which is- which is why I made the argument on his behalf because he really encompasses everything from like he has the longevity of a Bruno with the popularity and notoriety of a Hogan a Rock. I see that's where you lose me a little bit. I think Cena has didn't have half doesn't have half the popularity of these the other guys had in their short stints on top. I think it's more on the lines of Cena's longevity is a detriment to him as opposed to a positive. I look at it more as inflation, where if you go with the box office, for instance, Gone with the Wind, if you adjust for inflation, is still the highest grossing movie of all time. Yet, it didn't gross $2 billion. Yeah, I can understand that argument as well. Yeah, I like that argument. So I'd push John Cena out. I think that if you're going to go with a John Cena type you would go with somebody like The Rock more. Uh, okay, so 
let, let's go with what you mentioned earlier that you have to choose either Austin or The Rock as part of this. You can't choose both of them. Which one do you goes guys? On do you guys agree with that sentiment? You you have to pick The Rock or Austin, and you can't go with both. Uh, or do you yeah. think that there is an argument that you should go with both? I think that there's more, so you have to pick. Well, I, I think I. Th- oh, you go ahead, Brooklyn. Do you do you both feel like you have to pick? Because for me, I think an argument could easily be made that they're. They both deserve a spot on Mount Rushmore, especially based off of what we're doing this for. This is, you know, based in the world of pro wrestling and they had a great impact. But I think if they both get a spot, then that leaves little room for Ric Flair. I think I was just going to say that it's an issue in the sense that they both represent the same era of wrestling. Yeah. And so you can't really include both of them into it because you're basically saying with that you're saying that the attitude era encompasses half of what made professional wrestling great in its long like we'd say like centuries long history this Bingo. this five <laughs> this five year span was the greatest it ever got which, which is, is arguable yeah which is arguable that isn't true for the first sense and even though it's saying that we as fans our ages remember really fondly doesn't mean that it was the be all and end all of what wrestling was and ever will be. I don't, I don't know, man. Like sometimes I'm a bigger fan of history, so I can, you know, understand that yes, it was a very brief time period, but sometimes you'll hear some people talk and they'll make you think it was that Hogan era in the eighties and that, that, you know, attitude era in the nineties and nothing else in between or after or before ever mattered. That, that is true, but, in my mind, there are three there are three real boom periods for professional wrestling in the United States, which is the forties and fifties, the eighties with Hogan, and then the Attitude Era. And so it it makes sense to include somebody from each of those ones, but I th- I think including two people from the Attitude Era is a little bit too inflated. I think uh, when it when push comes the uh, push comes to shove. We got to triumvir it, and it'll end up being majority rules type of thing. And uh, I think that even though we might have to revisit it based off of future discussion about the four people, I think that at least right now we got to put a pin in the idea that we have to pick between Rock and Austin, and that we can't pick both. Because um, there are other names too. It's not like we're like ah, oh, we're scrounging for it. I second that motion. The eyes have it. <laughs> uh, I, we, we have to put Hogan on this. Yeah. No, we don't have to put Hogan on this. <laughs> the eyes have it. <laughs> We're not going to discuss this. I think it's worth discussing, but... Go ahead. Okay. How, how should Hogan not be on this list? Hogan is a huge star from the 1980s and 90s. Exactly. Both in w- the list. <laughs> both for WWE and WCW. I'm gonna argue both sides. I'm not gonna like just immediately say why he shouldn't be on it without pointing out his good points because he definitely does have reasons why he should be on the list. <laughs> Don't just like I'm not I'm not Drew or anything like that. I'm not just gonna say he's the worst of all time or anything like that, or he's a racist or anything along those lines. But I my qualifier with him is the fact that he was he's a poster child for 
rock and roll wrestling time where wrestling becomes as big as it does in the 1980s like it was a real golden period for wrestling my issue with hogan is the fact that he was the poster child of a machine that was driven forward by vince mcmahon that kind of goes into what i was going to say if you don't put hogan on on the list then you have to put vince yeah so like if if I was having to choose between the two of them, I'm not saying we have to choose between two of them. We might include both of them on the list, but I'd put Vince over Hogan because I see Hogan as such a huge, prominent star for professional wrestling. But and it's difficult to argue against it, really, when you just like think about all the aspects of it. But like it was Vince really pulling the strings of like getting wrestling in the, the right places and putting it towards the right people and getting WrestleMania sorted. Hogan was such a huge integral part of that. But I just, I have an issue putting him onto it, mainly because, and this probably shouldn't come into discussion, but it it sticks in my craw a little bit. He's not a good wrestler. I'll counter the, uh, even though he, he isn't really a good wrestler like that, and there's no counter for that. I'll bring up the idea that with Hogan, we tend to go straight to that 80s type of period, but we also have to give him credit, NWO. Oh yeah, definitely. Like he was, he was the catalyst for the hottest period in WCW's history. And that to me makes me go, well, shit, he's really at the top of two companies for long stretches and he's the guy and he's influential in instituting a brand new era kind of we we also have to remember and even though i know i'm fighting against my own argument of why he shouldn't be on it by saying this but he was also a huge star in the awa as well like yeah that got him to the point where he from there went into wwf yeah box office uh, alone Hogan belongs on the list. And the only way that I would be comfortable not putting him on is if we put McMahon as the puppet master for the 80s and the heel of the 90s in his place. But if you're not going to concede to Vince, then Hogan has to be on this list. I, I think like when it push comes to shove, we might end up putting him on it. I just don't want to make it seem like oh, we have to put Hulk Hogan, like Hulk Hogan's like first name on Mount Rushmore's list. I think there's a lot there's of... There's at least a discussion. There's well, at least a lot of regularity for him. Okay, but we can all 100% agree Andre's on the list. Andre's on Mount Rushmore. I don't uh, know. See, yeah. I, I'm looking at my list right now and I'm going, all right, we got to pick between Austin Rock. There's a good chance Hogan gets on there. There's a good chance Flair gets on there. And then I've got Andre and I've got Vince. And I'm starting to think that my idea would format this as you go with Rocker Austin, you go with Hogan, you go with Flair, and you go with Andre, and you push Vince out. But I could see making the case that maybe Vince takes up the Andre spot. Andre, like, he definitely has to have a place in the discussion. I'm definitely not going to argue against that. I just wonder what his real... I mean, it's not that he didn't have an impact, but he never won... He won the WWE Championship for a couple of minutes. And he was never really, like, a champion anywhere. He was 
an attraction. But he, but yeah, he is the definition of the word attraction, and promoters everywhere used him to elevate their houses to the point where Vince, when Vince wanted to go national and eventually global, he needed Andre as a mainstay for his promotion. So I think Andre, for the entertainment aspect alone, he really encompasses the beginning of, well, you know, it's it's an entertainment show and here's this kind of circus-like attraction. Andre is sports entertainment. I just... For you me, hit the nail on the head for me when you said circus. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was think, kind of thinking freak show type attraction thing, which is kind of like at the heart of what wrestling was. So I kind of would make the argument, I think that we bump Vince and we put Andre in there because Andre is representational of the territory days to a certain extent, the circus era, and also representational of big men. And if we're going to, you know, go back to the Hogan discussion, Hogan used Andre as a catalyst. So Andre also launches wrestling into that new boom period. Mm-hmm. Andre um, is, for me, he's definitely on the list. I kind of, well, I don't completely disagree with it, but I kind of go in a sense of, I think Andre's feud with Hogan represents the, the height of Hulkamania, not the catalyst of Hulkamania. Hulkamania was like Hulkamania started in 1983 when Hogan won the title from Iron Cheek, and he didn't have his match with Andre until '88 or '87, sorry. So, and I don't think I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Hulkamania got any bigger after that match than what it already was at that point. That was the the match was the zenith of it. If you go with like Iron Cheek as the inciting incident for like plot structure mm-hmm. then andre's like may- the climactic battle at the end he might be the crescendo yeah and then you've got like the build up to andre at the crescendo is piper and mr t and king Kong Bundy and whatever like that kind of a thing yeah. uh and, and then you've the- got like the slight fall of like the mega powers and ultimate warrior and and so on and so forth yeah i think you can make that argument yeah um could we just talk about before we obviously we'll still come back to the discussion about andre and hogan and everyone else could we talk about the one man who i think everybody would put onto their mount rushmore of pro wrestling in rick I flair talk, man rick <laughs> rick flair flair has to be on it he is the guy that inspired Shawn Michaels and Triple H and plenty of other people. You don't have Dusty Rhodes on the list. You need Ric Flair. I think that he is another territory type of guy, but to a certain extent, because it's more of like NWA, he also heads up WCW. He is influential in WWE. I really think there's no discussion that Flair like, shouldn't be on there. Especially when, if we're taking out somebody like a Rock or an Austin, if we don't have both of them on there, Flair takes up one of those spots for sure. I think Flair belongs on this list. Flair has, especially in recent years, become this 
again, this pop culture icon of, you know, people love to talk about old Flair promos. And I believe it was Snoop Dogg that said Flair invented swag and what modern day swag is. And, and unlike any other name that we have, Flair is a fucking phenomenal performer. <laughs> Flair is the working heel. Flair is the ring general. He's the embodiment of the National Wrestling Alliance at its absolute peak. Ric Flair is pro wrestling. Ric Flair is on this list. All right. We can put a 100% yeah. pin. Ric Flair is on our group. Yeah. I'm just going to say, just so I can give my plaudits to Flair as well, that I, there have been people that you could argue have been better wrestlers since Ric Flair or people that argue have been better promos since Ric Flair, but I don't think anybody did it at the right time as well as Ric Flair ever did it. And across so many promotions for such a long amount of time to the point where I would have been perfectly fine with him, his final match, he would have been fine for a world championship or anything along those lines. Because nobody had nobody has ever had or i don't think will have that level of longevity at the top where everyone just wanted to see him more than anyone else so i'll make a motion for this what do you guys think flair hogan andre and either rock or austin and we have to pick between those two what do you think about that list Hmm. I agree 100% with Flair, as we've established. I've come around to the idea of Hogan. Two votes for, uh, three votes for Hogan? Yeah, three votes for Hogan. Hogan Hogan and Flair for sure. I think that man has to be on the list. And I'm I'm happy to sacrifice Rock, Austin, and Andre to put man on the list. All right, so we got it. A, a chance for that kind of a thing. What are you thinking? We, at le- or at least in the uh, the realm of Rock, Austin, Andre, and Vince, are the four that could occupy those two other spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd go with those. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Um, take that, Goldberg. We're not, <laughs> are we, are we not, are we, so we're definitely not going for that Chambers guy. Or... <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to go for. Um, Don Morocco or, you know, whatever. Uh, All right. So then can we kind of combine this as we have to pick an, an either rock and Austin or uh, as rock and Austin for one Andre and Vince for one. I can, I can agree to those terms. Like you're saying, so it's either Andre and Vince join Hogan and Flair or rock and Austin join Hogan and Flair. No, no, I mean, one Rock of or each, Austin, yeah. oh, we Andre have to or one Vince. of each. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so then uh, I think the easier discussion is, do we go Rock or Austin? Uh, you guys have kind of won me over. I think I'd pick Rock over Austin. It's not to say Austin was the guy during the biggest boom period in wrestling. Um. Like the attitude era is Stone Cold Steve Austin's era, but I think just for how things have happened since then, and the fact that it was very short—not that both of their careers were very short anyway—but how Rock has managed to—he'll always be linked back to WWE, 
but he's transcended it to a point where he's Hollywood's biggest star. But he'll always have that connection to WWE, which means when people think of Dwayne Johnson, they'll of course think of all the the huge movies and the box office success, but they'll also think of The Rock. Yeah, he's he's always Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, which means he's always kept his roots. He's always kept to his roots in wrestling. So I think the fact that if he just completely disconnected himself from professional wrestling and said, okay, I'm an actor now, I'm not a wrestler anymore, then I would have gone with Austin instead. He tried. It didn't work out too well for for him. But the fact that if he's... The fact that he's still connected to WWE and the fact that he still like bears that moniker, he still has those catchphrases, then I think The Rock goes in ahead of Austin. What are you thinking, Rob? <sighs> so far, we've got two for The Rock, so it kind of doesn't matter, but still. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to play devil's advocate and say, for that reason alone, I got to lean more towards Austin because we are more wrestling fans and since austin really helped out the industry in a time where it needed the kick in the ass and don't get me wrong rock rose from that and became a bigger star out of that but if austin didn't ignite the spark nobody gives a shit about who dwayne johnson is it's a it's a fair argument I think uh, <laughs> I think that that means we should uh, sum everything up at the end of it with um, our honorable mentions of like Austin would be on our list of if we could do a second Mount Rushmore Austin would be in that that running yeah and yeah. so would whoever we don't pick out of Vincent Andre uh, I I'm gonna stay to my argument that Vince is the Ben Franklin and he gets the shaft and then it goes to Andre. That's my vote. Oh, shit. Um since Callum and I double teamed, uh Rob, you should go for this one. What do you think? Uh, look, Thank you, I him think, an opening. I think <laughs> since we since we didn't have Austin and we have Hogan and Flair on this list as rock and wrestling and territory wrestlers respectively. And since Vince McMahon is the guy, when you think of wrestling, I'm going Vince. One for Vince, one for Andre Callum. You're making the decision here. Oh God. So at pressure, uh, the entire history of the website depends on you. <laughs> if you make the wrong decision that no, I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually I'm, cool with either of them. Yeah. I'll, I'll, make the wrong decision for somebody somebody's like on 10 hooks right now just waiting for this uh, (laughs) announcement part of me wants to go with Andre because his while Vince is obviously the huge name in WWE Andre's legacy extends beyond WWE even though his biggest successes are arguably in that promotion he was huge in Japan I mean obviously he was huge everywhere because it was Andre but (laughs) but he was he was a bit big name in japan and in other territories as well so he bridges the gap between the two a bit and i agree with rob's assertion that he is embodies what sports entertainment like became and is still today but because of the way that the ruthlessness of vincent man and the way that he changed professional wrestling from the regional territory based thing into a huge national organization and the fact that WWE is a multi-billion dollar conglomerate now, I think you have to go with Vince McMahon. 
Well, there you have it then. Vince McMahon gets the win. And uh, that means we've got our final four. But um, let's pivot to that second tier one that we were talking about before. Just because, yeah, keep the discussion going for another minute or so. We got Austin. We got Andre. We need two more spots for those two. Uh, then that gets all crazy because we already ruled out these people. So now we're looking at B-Squad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, takers on that list. I would make an argument that those two other ones should be Taker and either Piper or maybe Savage. Something like that. If if we're going for a second tier one, I'd I'd earnestly like want to put Gorge George on it. I think as the fact that we all the stuff we've encompassed has really been 1980s onwards. I think if you're having a second tier list, you should include someone from the first golden age of wrestling. I think that's fair. So it's Andre, Gorgeous George. Taker and Austin? Taker and Austin. And you know what? That's fair because I'll, I'll tell you why. Taker <laughs> embodies what it means to evolve and the rest are the evolution of wrestling. You go from Gorgeous George who you know started like the gimmicky type wrestling andre who encompassed it and then austin who took it to a different stratosphere and then taker who's just been the constant really yeah the constant so there you go so yeah we had our b squad mount rushmore the andre austin georgian taker and we've got the quote-unquote definitive smart out moment mount rushmore of pro wrestling history hulk hogan Vince McMahon, The Rock, and Ric Flair. That's not a bad list. No, it's pretty good for, yeah. And I know that immediately the comments are just going to be like, what do you mean Austin's not on that? What do you mean Mojo Rawley didn't make it? (laughs) It's Monday Night Raleigh. Yeah, that's going to be tough to... To kind of argue against, I think. I, I think uh, we've put a really good basis for future editions of this as well. Yeah. We've set aside the most difficult one, the most difficult one to decide. Now we can go a little bit more in depth with a few other ones. No, some of those are going to get crazy too, because if it's going to be like <laughs> the Mount Rushmore of, I don't know, like... Uh, Cruiser Whites. Yeah, Mount Rushmore crew. God, I don't even know where we would start with that. You start with, no. <laughs> you start with Ray. Ray's on that list somewhere. Yeah, Ray's on there. You start with Ray and Jushin Liger, and then you just argue with the rest of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then you you have to throw Hoovy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is our Mount Rushmore. Um, we were a little bit worried ahead of time that this might not be a long discussion, and we could have been just a whole long thing. It well, ended up being an hour and a half, yeah. so that's awesome. <laughs> Well, to cap it off, and I know you didn't do it earlier on, Tony, but should we just go with what our personal ones are? Because I assume it's not the same as the kind of That's general one. We've, it, yeah. we've had to do it. We've had to reach a consensus on this one. So, Yeah, so what was yours? My actual four would be uh, Ric Flair, Vincent Mann, uh, Ricky Dozan, and I think the other one I went for would be I'm going to go with Gorge George again on that one as well. What about you, Rob? Austin, Flair, Vince, Andre. And I had pretty much narrowed it down to Flair, Hogan, Austin, or Rock, 
and Andre. Kind of similar to what we were going with, but I also had a little asterisk so that I was like, damn it, if I can figure out a way to get Taker or Michaels on there, I'll try. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, so, I mean, that's another thing, too, where I think most people, when they would be clicking on this, they would be assuming that these would be in, like, the eight or so that would be discussed instead of being like, what? You mean to tell me that they're going to go with, like, uh, I don't know, um who's somebody that like certainly would not be in the running uh, like as much as he was great like jake the snake it's like eh, he's not gonna be in the, there you know like that kind of a thing but who knows maybe you've got a different opinion about that and that is where you should jump into the comments and tell us what you think about this list did we fuck up well if we did who gives a shit <laughs> <laughs> you know if you had a personal list or something like that then keep that going too also leave a comment about some different versions of this that you'd like to see in the future because there is a wide variety of different topics that we could pick and now that we're not going to have two pay-per-views per month every single fucking month we got a little bit more free time that we could do some more of these things the next special is not going to be another one of these because <laughs> don't want to overkill it too much but i'd like to revisit this in the future uh for sure and maybe do one of these in i don't know maybe one of them in the summer or something like that and we could bounce around and we could do a lot of different things. And if they do some kind of a big special of like, you know, the history of ECW, then may, maybe we do the Mount Rushmore of ECW and depending on what is like happening that week and stuff. And about the concept in general too. Look, tell me uh, what you think about this. Did you like it? Did you dislike it? What could we kind of fix up a little bit? It's always room for improvement. What did Callum teach you? I'm sure he taught you a lot today. <laughs> What did Robert make you angry about this toy? Uh, <laughs> yes. So, if you want to be aware of the next thing that's going to be happening, um, that is what you guys had voted on for the Mega Maniacs, and that is, unless something happens over the next two days or so, this weekend we're going to be recording it in advance. We're going to be doing another edition of Play the Game. And that's just kind of fun. And one of the main reasons why that is going to be a good thing to do is because we don't have to necessarily depend on anything that have happened, like some news type things or something like that. So a little bit more flexibility instead of just like pay-per-view predictions, pay-per-view predictions, and let's talk about Roman Reigns and shit. And uh, the way, best way, yeah, thank God too. I'm fucking sick and tired of it. Um, the best way to be aware of that kind of stuff is to hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channel and ring that little bell for notifications. But you could also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartCoutMoment and pay attention to the website too because you could subscribe to the RSS feed or something like that and get all of the content that's not actually in that realm because we do have other kind of things that aren't just podcast. So before you do that or while you're doing that, actually, you should follow all of our social media accounts too. I am at Tony Mango. Spelled Tony Mango, that kind of a thing. I really wish I could get Tony Mango, but some fucker took that and just died or something in like 2007. And uh, these two gentlemen over here, we've got Dude Felice on Robert's side. Yep. Anything else you want to toss out? Uh, no, that's it. Just keep an eye on Smart Out Moment. You know, we're doing good work, I think. And you got Callum over here, Wigmeister14. Yep, that's me. And. Let's say just on small cam moment, I'm currently in the process of writing an article on a superstar stock market, which is where we like judge the value of wrestlers at the moment, whether they're going up or down on WWE's fictional stock market. And I'm doing it on uh, Ember Moon. So, so check yeah, that out as well. Something different. Yeah, check that out as well. 
And I'm not currently writing any articles because I write too many as it is. And I pumped out two of them last night just to not have to work on one today. <laughs> oh, fuck. I do have to work on one today because NXT tapings are happening. God damn uh, it. I, uh, Tony, I can't so escape. Sorry. It. Uh, I can't escape. <laughs> so, that's all right. I'll take a break next week. And we will see you when we see you, everybody. Thanks for listening to this edition. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. 